Hi everybody, you're listening to the Rogue Podcast with Fox and Maya. Thanks for supporting the show. This is a show with adult content, so if you're not of legal age where you live, then turn off now. This podcast is about rope bondage. Rope bondage is edge play with inherent risk. And we strongly recommend you get proper training and listen to episode zero before attempting it. Find it at the top of our FedLife page, Rope Podcast. Fox is a rigger and Maya is a bottom and we're rope partners. We've been practicing together for just over a year and we're excited to share our passion for rope with you from our nice hometown of Bangkok, Thailand. Today we're continuing the subject that we started on the previous episode and didn't have the time to finish. So we are actually going to jump right back into where we were and we were talking about doing your first rope scene. And in the previous part, we talked a lot about preparation. And in this episode, we go further in discussing how your first rope scene might go. So enjoy. There. All right. Okay. So, so what's the context that we might want to do our first scene in, and what are the the pros and cons of that, Fox? Mm, so we've talked quite a bit about uh, the persons involved, but uh, the location is actually also going to be important. How how private is it? Is it something you're going to okay. do in your bedroom or her bedroom? Uh, which has the big plus of having a lot less pressure and distraction. Mm-hmm. Or is it going to be semi-public? And then you'll have people around, which means, well, maybe they can actually be helpful. Like if you get in trouble, having someone you can call for help can be useful. And maybe they can even give you advice if you're at a workshop and you've got a teacher or a very experienced rigger around and he's not an asshole. Uh, maybe the people can actually sort of uh, coach you through your first scene to some extent, if that's what you want. And in there again, you need to talk with them and either say, I would really welcome your advice and feel free to be part of the scene and say stuff or just shut the fuck up and let me do my scene. I I didn't come here to get a lesson from you. (laughs) And both those situations very much can happen. Uh, Being in a semi-public setting also offers you the opportunity for spotters. So that can be useful. Yeah, and as a bottom, I I think that helps with feeling safe um, if there are other people around. Because it's, it's, you know, we talked about this lots of times. Like, if you're being tied up, then by its very nature, your ability to do anything is restricted. Yeah. But if there's any kind of audience, on the downside, you are going to have a lot more pressure. Because people Mm. are watching. You want to look uh, competent. You want to look good. You're going to be worrying about things like, is my hair okay? Which isn't what the main focus should be in the first role. It's interesting. I, uh, yeah, I would say um, not. it wouldn't be about looking good for me at all or looking competent, but it would be about self-consciousness, about my body and that kind of thing. So, yeah, I think it, it puts different kind of pressure on you depending on your personality. Yeah. Um, okay, so it would be cool for us to talk about our first scenes and sure. the context that okay. we chose. You go first. Um, okay, so my first scene was at a play party. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was uh, a while ago now, a year and a half, a bit more. Mm-hmm. And it was, um, as you know, and actually we've talked about this quite a few times, so I won't go into it too much, but it was at um, a play party and it was with 
do. Um, and at that point, I had already done a few workshops. I bottomed in some workshops, and I'd done some um, tying at home with a friend, so she mm -hmm. practiced on me. But I wouldn't say we'd done a scene. So why would um, you not say that? What made that a scene as opposed to what you've done before? Um, because that's actually a very good question. Um, because the tying that we'd done before had been more, okay, let's tie a single column and then let's tie it again and then let's tie it again and, and practice um, rather than the scene that we did at the party, which was more, okay, so we talk about it first, we negotiate what's okay and what's not okay, um, consent is clear, we understand what what can happen and what can't happen um, in that way. Um, and for me, the re there were a few reasons for doing it at the party. So one is actually a practical reason, was that I lived in a town in the north of Thailand where there was not very much rope. And so the play party was one of my opportunities to experience rope. Yeah. So there is, there is some logistical stuff around mm. that. Um, then it also felt more safe to me because I was able to vet you through friends. So after we decided to tie together, I went and talked to several people about um, you and if you were right. And I had If I friends. was versus was not a serial killer. Well, kind, yeah, kind of. Like, did you have any, did anyone have any issues with you? And I think the general consensus is that you were, um, let's call it a confident individual, which I'm sure our listeners can tell. Um, but that, you know, there's no safety issues, no consent issues, that kind of thing is what I was checking. And that you had some rope experience and that people, um, you know, had saw actually that. seen me tie people. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then um, I also had, yeah, friends watching as spotters and they checked in on me after and they were watching during the scene. And I also knew that I would have them for aftercare, which I kind of knew as a concept, but it wasn't something I'd done very much of. And did they end um, up uh, giving you that aftercare? They did not because we ended up glued to each other for the entire party, I would say. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> that wasn't really needed. Um, but I didn't know that beforehand and I was sure. prepared. And you I had, you had a safety net in all the ways. I did. I did. And I will say, and it's interesting looking back on it, you know, I didn't really know that much about negotiation. Um, I wasn't super confident. Like, there's lots of things that if I did it now, I would be a lot more experienced about. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like in the circumstances, I did the best that I could. And, um, you know, obviously it went well, <laughs> clearly, as we're here now. It seems, um, it seems to have led to more rope, I would say. It did lead to more, even that very night, it led to more rope. So, yeah, um, I think that's my context. So, so it's interesting because I'm actually quite introverted and a play party wouldn't be my choice for first mm. rope, like if I, if I could have chosen anywhere. However, there were lots of benefits. There were logistical considerations. There were practical considerations. And it worked out very well. And you know what I also would say, thinking about it, is that the play party, it was my first play party, let me release my inhibitions somewhat in oh, a way that, yeah, because I was in that context, I'd already decided, okay, if I'm bothering to go to this play party, which I had to take a plane to get to because it was in Bangkok and I lived in Chiang Mai, then I was going to participate, even though that was quite scary to me and it was quite different. Mm. I, I understood this was my opportunity to do some rope and I didn't want to 
missed out because I really wanted to try it. So you were a girl actually, gone wild, in fact. Well, for for Amaya, yeah. You were a, <laughs> like a, relative to a girl gone way. slightly wilder than usual. Yeah, mildly wild, I would call it. So that's <laughs> me. Um, so what about you? Your um your first scene was in a different context. So it why, was. Why uh, it was also semi-public. My uh, first scene was actually at a workshop. So we had uh, a more experienced rigor uh, teaching us. It was a, a small group. It was the second rope workshop I attended. Uh, okay, but same. you'd been doing, had you been doing stuff online as well? So how much, nope. it's an interesting question for me. No, so you've just been to a workshop, no. Um, I went to a workshop You hadn't been doing once. tutorials or practicing? Nope, not at that time. I went to a workshop once uh, with a friend. Well, I guess actually I met her there, so she wasn't a friend at the time. Uh, and we did some practice ties for about an hour, I would say. And then I went to that second workshop with my then partner, who was the person I was learning rope for. We did some more practice for like 20 minutes maybe, and then we just segued directly into our first scene. So, so that's interesting. Was it on purpose or it just flowed into that? Um, well, it was kind of Fox being Fox and saying, okay, I've, yeah, like, you wanted me to learn rope so I could give you a rope scene. I feel I have enough to make a, a scene out of the Lego blocks I've learned already. So let's, let's do it. And then we did. And I think what's interesting about that is you had an MS relationship with that partner. And yes, so I, I was the M, she was the S. <laughs> in case that wasn't abundantly clear to listeners. Um, in that case, the consent and the safety stuff has already been covered because yes. you're already partners, you've already agreed what can be done and what can't be done. Mm -hmm. She already has that trust in you. Yes. Um, and she also knows exactly what you've done to mm -hmm. practice. Um, so that's quite a different example from when we first hired, when we didn't know each other. Um, and I would add that the people who were at that workshop were all uh, rather close friends. So it was a very, yeah, friendly atmosphere and like everyone could see that uh, there were no consent issues, everyone was cool with it and it was in the presence of uh, someone very experienced. Uh, it was a Mortis running that workshop and he's tied like hundreds if not thousands of people and he was, yeah. he was watching from a distance, not encroaching on our scene, but for sure if something had gone wrong a, you probably would have intervened, and B, I would ju just have had to call him over, and 20 seconds later, he could have been helping untie something that yeah. was wrong or whatever. So it yeah. felt really safe. Yeah, you had a, a different kind of safety net there. Hey guys, this is Fox coming in for a short break. We really love making this rope podcast and sharing it with you. Sadly, hosting a podcast isn't free, far from it actually. So if you like this podcast and you want to support us, you can do so at ropepodcast.com. You'll find ways to buy rope stuff so that we get a cut from your purchases and also ways to donate to us directly. And if you can't afford to do that, that's okay too. Just enjoy the podcast. Now back to our normal programming. And we didn't actually talk about the first uh, act, uh, tie that we did. So what was the tie? For, for you? For, for, uh, for me. Okay. Uh, so in that workshop, 
uh, as I said, I wanted to build a scene with very simple Lego blocks I had uh, learned at that point. So what I did is put her in a chest harness. Mm -hmm. uh, she was in her, uh, in her panties, in her underwear. Uh, I put her in a chest harness and then I put all uh, of her limbs, or two arms or two legs, into what we at uh, Baku have coined the angel <laughs> wing, but the actual name of that tie is a chicken wing, which we tend not to use because it's not super We don't tiring. like it, yeah. Not, not very, very sexy. Not very sexy, so we <laughs> called it the angel wing here in Thailand. Uh, <laughs> so both her arms and both her legs were folded over themselves and tied in that position. So it was uh, quite restrictive for her. And then I put her on her back and I was using a Hitachi vibrator on her through her underwear. But did, did you take that with you? Uh, I believe we did. So that so that's an interesting thing to know as well that you need to check that the people in your workshop are cool that you've seen in the workshop yep. because for sure um, in the work some of the workshops I've been in scening would not be not be encouraged so that's a good thing to check like whatever I, the I actually do, before sure starting the okay. scene like pulled up the Hitachi and in my usual <laughs> subtle style said to the group is everyone cool with me using this in my scene and everyone said yes no waving problem. it around yeah pretty much sure. in their face <laughs> but it was clean, so that's okay um and then um for the first thing that we did actually you're probably better to describe the tie there also what tie did we do mm, you were if i recall in a position i like to call the uh, head down as up yeah Which although i didn't start like that uh, yeah, we started we started with you on your knees and me tying a chest harness from well you actually mm -hmm. had the chest harness already from the demo didn't you? Yeah, I think you untied the chest harness and then you did um, oh arms behind the back mm -hmm. uh, dragonfly yes uh, dragonfly strapado yeah mm -hmm. and then I believe. I uh, lent you forward in that, and I will say it again because it feels good to say it, uh, head down, ass up. <laughs> yeah. Although I did not want to take my dress or my underwear off. No, nope, so you, you were fully clothed. Uh, probably I had I you won't. remove your bra because I, I don't like to tie uh, with uh, bras with underwires because they can be unpleasant and potentially they can hurt you if the wire gets uh, pressured into the flesh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, we are going on a bit, so let's uh, let's move us on. So, um, in terms of the top perspective um, of other things, what what else? Um, let's round up things that we might need to think about beforehand. Mm, I talked about having a plan. I think it's also quite useful if you visualize that plan and go through it in your mind a few times. Okay. And for some people, that's just going to be closing your eyes and imagining your scene from start to finish. And for some people, it might be taking a pencil and drawing your scene and drawing the positions mm. and visualizing it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And also make sure you understand what the technical requirements for the scene you're designing are going to be and make sure you practice those. Like, okay, in my scene, I'm going to use... Single column, half hitch, chest harness, hips harness. I, I, I am going to cram those in for two weeks and make sure I'm ready for that scene. Yeah, yeah. And it is, people are really different in terms of how they pick up ropes. So you um, 
are very spatially aware and you're very comfortable with those kind of things and you picked up rope really quickly mm-hmm. whereas I was practicing a single column the other day on a chair and I still I've practiced 10 times I still can't do it so I, I think bear in mind your own level of comfort and practice to your level what about um, the bottom okay. perspective Maya what's your roundup um, So I think knowing your objectives, um, there's a bit about that in the responsibilities episode. So um, how much co-creation do you want with your rigor? So do you have a particular tie that you want to do or are you just handing it over to your rigor and saying, okay, especially if they're, I think their experience level really factors in here to say, okay, I want just to experience some tying. What do you expect? Mm -hmm. What do you uh, suggest? Um, there's also something about do you want to know what you're going to do beforehand? And to be honest, I think I would say yes. Um, I think I didn't do that, but I think that I should have. Okay. I think it would learnings, be... Learnings, people. Um, Hashtag yeah, learnings. Yeah, sure. yeah. I think it is a good thing to know what's going to happen. I don't think it interferes with the magic of the scene. I, I really don't. Um, so how much... If you have a power exchange relationship, that's slightly different from if someone is topping you in rope. So how much you share your ideas, you know, is up to the two of you. I would say something I've seen people do for the first time that I think isn't a brilliant idea is is replicating a photo. If you find a photo... The the KNP photo phenomenon. Right, right. Sometimes people look amazing in photos in rope, which is cool, but sometimes... They've taken that photo in two seconds. They've only been in that tie for a really short period of time. Uh, They're incredibly experienced. The rig is incredibly yeah, experienced. Potentially they have a support staff of like five people. Right, exactly, exactly. So right. if you find a photo and you're thinking about doing that for your first tie, make sure someone experienced looks at it for you and tells you, okay, this isn't realistic for your first tie or if it is, because maybe you don't have the experience to understand the mechanics needed, the requirements, because bottoming is, you know, tough, and some bottoming is tougher than others, for sure, um, and also the risks. Um, so just just be aware of that. I think that's a, a first-time mistake that we see yeah. quite a lot. We, we have um, seen and, it a lot. And on we, the flip side of that same coin, um, I, I quite often give... Uh, women the first suspension and a reaction I see a lot after the first suspension is wow that's much harder than I expected like that was much yeah. more painful much more challenging than I expected people don't realize that they don't have this respect for the rope when they've yeah. never done it yeah yeah um think about at the bottom the level of control you want to attain in your first scene so um you tend not to tie people's hands in their first scene which I mm-hmm. think is is good um, and then things like blindfolds and gags blindfold maybe because it helps you experience the rope uh-huh. but gags i would say don't do that in your first scene gag gag in the first scene yeah i would not suggest that i really yeah. would not and then also think about your aftercare requirements mm-hmm. um this is important because you, you know you don't know how affected you're going to be by the rope and if your rigor if you don't know them very well maybe have a friend standing by so they can come and give you cuddles yeah that's um, uh, more important than you could expect. And yeah, for uh, too. Also, yeah, for rigors too, for sure. Um, because, as I said, as a rigger, you can be under a lot of pressure. And if you have all that pressure when your scene is ended and the pressure goes away, you can crash like a motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And all right. As the bottom, you also have a lot of physical strain during the scene and a lot yeah. of chemicals 
doing this stuff and when that goes away you will also find that it does uh, stuff to your blood pressure and other parts mm -hmm. of your anatomy so like the aftercare for rope is quite a serious thing and I think we have a whole episode on that so let's not dwell further sure sure okay so let's help out listeners and give them a couple of ideas for uh potentially simple first scenes uh yeah we, we did promise in the intro that uh we would do that so i feel we should give one sexual example and one non-sexual example because depending yeah, on your situation depending on who you do rope with you might be looking for one or for the other okay uh, so what would the sexual scene be, Fox? Oh, what would your first sexual scene be? What, what a shock. You're, you're interested in the sexual one, Maya. What a shock. <laughs> uh, what, um, all right, or well, we could start with the non-sexual. No, the sex, the sex is fine. I don't mind. I don't mind a bit of sex here right. and there. So a first, a first scene that's including sexual, what idea so might that, we have for our I am going to go super simple with a scene that requires you to only master two things and those things are the single column and if you can tie your single column you should really learn to tie your single column because that's I'm working on it <laughs> well you're not a rigger <laughs> yet so I know you cannot call yourself a rigger if you can tie your proper single column I, I sure sure I don't in any way so yeah to do my uh, scene suggestion for the sexual one you need only the single column and how to tie a set of half hitches and like that's about as simple as I can get so this scene is okay. really good if you're with someone and they want to get tied up in the bedroom and you want just the minimum amount of rope to do a sexual rope scene with them and like scratch that itch of bedroom bondage sure but I will say you a single column can make me spicy. I mean that for me oh, as and, someone who has and quite I think a strong the scene I'm going to suggest is actually quite intense, uh, sensually and sexually. I'm just remarking that it's as easy as it gets to tie. Yeah. And okay. what I'm going to suggest is you take your bottom, uh, you put her in whatever state of undress you prefer and naked works quite well if you're going to be sexing them but a bit of sexy lingerie also uh, also wouldn't spoil anything as long as it gives you enough access for what you want to do afterwards and you are going to put them um, lying on their back so face up on some bed or some ottoman or something of this sort mm -hmm. so they're lying on the back uh, facing the ceiling and then you are going to put a single column on both of their wrists and both of their ankles. Okay. And you are essentially going to tie them spread eagle to, well, to whatever you can. So bedpost if you have those are quite ideal or the feet of the piece of furniture they're on. But you want to achieve something of an X shape with their limbs mm. uh, completely spread. Um, you want some tension so that they feel the bondage, but not as much tension as they're gonna feel like they're being drawn and quartered. <laughs> yes. yes, because you want them to be able to hold it for a while. And yeah. so there's a real balance there between such pain that it's too much. And again, depending on their level of enjoyment yeah, and pain. I, I would, and, say, I would yeah. say the goal 
is probably not for them to feel pain from the position but to feel like they are vulnerable they are open and accessible to whatever you're going to do to them and there is loss of control like you've taken control of them for the duration mm, that is the nice. feeling we're trying to elicit and very then nice. once they're in that position you can do any kind of sexy teasing you want and that completely depends on you and your partner you can uh, like do things like use a feather on their body use wax on their body if you're into that ice cubes use your mouth use your hands penetrate them whatever just you can this is actually Toys. a real good position to do a tease and denial scene also Mm. Okay, that sounds nice. Um, and then what about a non-sexual scene? It does sound nice, doesn't it? What, what are you doing tonight, <laughs> Maya? Well, hopefully some rope. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then the non-sexual scene. So this one is more for if you are doing rope with a friend, maybe, or doing mm -hmm. uh, rope as part of an association like going to a place like anatomy studio where you're going to meet people to practice rope but you're not necessarily going to be sexual with them okay. uh, or you're going to a party and like things are by nature less sexual maybe your party does not allow uh, sex during the party we've seen a few parties like that mm. maybe you and or your partner don't feel super comfortable being very sexual in public okay. Uh, and then what I'm going to suggest is something basic, but like where you can really, really go deep on the details and you can actually elicit a lot of reaction from. Uh, just like some very simple cooking recipes can actually have a lot of depth if you want to do them right. Mm. And what I'm going to suggest is your scene is a chest harness and nothing else. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But a chest harness that A, you're going to try and tie really well and B, you're going to be really focused on your bottom and her reactions and her breathing and the touch between you and her and your goal with your chest harness is to establish control. And as you tie her, you're going to establish control of her body and move her body for her and let her be more passive and experiencing your lead. And you're mm. going to do things like pull her against your chest and bend her forward and bend her to the sides and move her and move your body around her as you tie and try to be fluid and to be seamless in tying that chest harness and taking your time and then once once you're done well once you're done tying the chest harness you're not done with your scene because your untying also is going to be part of that so you're going to put her in the chest harness move her around a bit and then untie her while still maintaining control the whole time and having flow the whole time Mm. So that one really is more like a strongly led partner dance yes that one feels like absolutely yeah and that all sounds very nice. Okay, well, that, that went on fairly long, but I think it was quite an interesting subject. Hmm. Mm. So that's all from us at the Rope Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast from, at iTunes or Stitcher and such, and come friend us on FetLife on our page, Rope Podcast.
You can also find us easily at wrotepodcast.com. And we love questions from listeners, so drop us a message on set and we'll try to answer you in an upcoming episode. Thanks for listening. And have fun tying. <laughs> <laughs>